Welcome in to another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack on the road in uh, lovely New Orleans, Louisiana, joined by Nick Kruger today. Nick, how's it going? Oh, man, it's going great. You know, just trying to work off that post-Indianapolis uh, fun time hangover <laughs> from the past weekend, you know? Yeah, well, you know, surprisingly, I made it out of Indianapolis without gaining any weight. So uh, big shout to me on that one. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I finally slept it off today, as I told you prior to recording, as I uh, slept in today in my hotel, and now I will be headed to Baton Rouge to go to a satellite camp tonight. Um, so we're, we're, we're just because it's just because it's over, uh, the camp series is over for rivals. Doesn't mean we're done going to camps, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of which, that's where Rob Cassidy is, MIA, as he is uh, in Tallahassee. I saw a Snapchat from him this morning at the. Uh, Seminoles indoor facility, so um, I'm sure he's having a great time. <laughs> he's having a great time there because um, school. No, it can't, yeah, I mean it can't be any worse than the Indianapolis. Uh, can't it can't be any more frustrating to work in than the Indianapolis Colts facility? Uh, my sans air conditioning, as we found out this past weekend, and uh, other <laughs> yeah, other yeah. natural causes yeah, weighing against us. Air conditioning is tough when you don't. Go. I'm sure they have it at that one. Um, yeah. But anyway, we want to remind everybody, uh, find us on iTunes, leave us a review, uh, subscribe, please tell your friends as well. And then you could find us on Twitter. I'm at Rivals Woody. Nick is at Rivals Krug City. That's with uh, two O's or has Krug as people have been calling him. Uh, <laughs> I'm up, up, I'm up over 4,000 followers now, by the way. So are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't, I need to check that out. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, 4,040. I'll tell you what, you're going to catch Cassidy in no time. That's right. Because uh, he's only got about 10K now. Obviously, I'm upwards of 27, so it's uh, easy, not, not going to be as easy to catch me. But anyway, let's talk five-star challenge. It was pretty fun. We got we brought in uh, 104 of the best prospects in the country, uh, let them compete against each other in a marathon session. Um, and it was, it was interesting. Nick, let's start with you. Was there anything, you know, big picture that that really caught your eye in terms of you know this is what you're going to remember from the event well you know i mean a, a lot of the you, know, you you and me and and the rest of the rival staff is going to probably look back on this edition of the five star challenge more from uh from a logistical point of view like that's what we're going to remember about this one as opposed to years past because uh you know in a, in a lot of cases we were a little shorter on time Filling filling the camp with in in all of our regional camps, uh, you know relative you know relative to the way that we've been able to do it in years past. So, um, you know, I thought the group that ended up being there though was was really enjoyable to watch, really enjoyable to have there. I thought a lot of guys, you know, in, in, were, I'm I'm going over the stock up stop uh, stock down for each one of my players from Texas. I had 15 of them there, you know, and and looking back and and seeing how they did at the camp, I think a lot of guys. You know, they there were really kind of few exceptions where guys kind of surprised us one way or the other as being, you know, significantly uh better or, you know, maybe not quite as as much as we've expected from them as players. So, you know, I thought I thought overall it was a pretty good camp. I thought everybody did pretty well for themselves and you know, just uh you know, just another stepping stone for a lot of kids to just kind of further their sort of reputation with with guys, especially like Mike Farrell, who um, you know, this is this is big for guys to get in front of the national recruiting director. Yeah, I think it was uh, – I, I found a similar thing when I was writing my uh, stock up, stock down. It seemed like almost everybody was stock 
was was hold or whatever. I don't I don't know. I'm not Jim Cramer. I don't know all the terms, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them were, you know, they are who we thought they were. Um, right. You know, which I think just speaks to how good of a job that you know we've been doing up until this point, right? Where <laughs> nobody surprised us. <laughs> big big kudos for us. I think you know we talked about it last week. The battle between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Um, you know, I still I think any any doubts there i think trevor sealed a lot of them up with the way he performed uh not that fields did poorly at all fields also did very well and i think he kind of secured his status as a five-star obviously he's the number eight player in the country um and he's interesting because he's got you know he's got a lot better days ahead of him too as he keeps developing um but i think those two were kind of head and shoulders above i mean matt corral's been in a discussion for a long time uh you know one of our uh, evaluators thought he was better than Lawrence at the army combine this year. Um, and, and now I think, you know, and I know, I know Corral had some flight issues. He got in late, he was tired and I totally understand that. But, you know, I, I especially, obviously you're not the president of the Matt Corral fan club either. Um, <laughs> so. well it, it, it's a little it's a little more it's a little easy for for you and me to be harder on him uh you know than an adam gorney for example that that sees him a little bit more regularly out on the west coast i mean but he's you i mean you want to talk about logistical issues i mean this is two consecutive camps for for our boy matt you know first the first time that we saw him this uh you know this spring was him flying across the country to participate in the atlanta uh you know rivals camp series events so you know, some some jet lag, among other things, taking taking effect in in his performance out there, and then you know, like you said, uh, coming into the five star challenge and kind of having some adversity to work through. Although, you know, I did in, in the one on one session, uh, you know, I did I did remember thinking that he threw some pretty nice deep passes. He still had you know a lot you know a lot of uh, a lot to like with the way that the way that he was throwing the ball. It's just you know, it's some sometimes at these camps we really see kind of a boomer bust sort of scenario play out as we did with um with your boy harrison bailey i think in the seven on seven portion of the camp well you can see the hammer harrison bailey we gotta remember he's just a freshman yeah um so you know the, the no, key- i love I, I like harrison we spent a lot of time talking to him obviously you know? just- maybe we wore maybe we wore him out in the uh the intermission when we were fielding punts and passes <laughs> to each other <laughs> well that's for us i can tell you you know i know they don't have this interest recruiting fans for us the fun part about the five-star challenge is oftentimes getting to know the kids on a human level you know what i mean yeah. uh, talking to them not interviewing them about recruiting not watching them work out but we're hanging out on the field and we're just sort of talking so uh during the break, Harrison was hanging around. We ran, you know, we we were playing catch. We were punting the ball around, kicking field goals and stuff like that. And honestly, that's fun. And those are the kind of bonds that that you develop that help you later as a reporter. Um, and I, you know, I've I've tried to to uh, get that through people's heads in the past that you know. Harrison Bailey now knows who you are, Nick, and he wouldn't otherwise, you know what I'm saying? Because, right. you know, so if you see him at an event and he's a national level prospect, who's going to be traveling around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will know you and he'll want to talk to you or whatever. So it's just, it, it's just, it's hard to, to even quantify it. But in, in my opinion, it's, it's well worth it. Those events for that. One of my favorite moments was when, uh, when uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you, who, <laughs> 
who claimed you had been talking trash to him, uh, threw a touchdown <laughs> and then turned around and really stared you down, which I really uh, got a kick out of. Well, you know, so I, I'm just going to say, I mean, you, you and me, you and me drafted the team like we were on the same team. So we can, you know, we can openly complain about things. It was our team that, uh, you know, caught the short end of the stick in the seven on seven turn. And I really felt that we got hosed by the referees down the stretch a couple of a uh, couple of times, you know. Uh, Trevor's team in particular dumped a pass out into the flats. We've had a defensive back crash down, make a touch, and uh, it goes uncalled, and they run in for a touchdown. And that kind of snake bit us a little bit and kind of killed some of the momentum that we had. So I'm, I'm just a little, I'm a little salty as far as that goes. And uh, but she, I mean, you want to talk about a killer instinct in a quarterback? He did exact from from Trevor's point of view. That's exactly what happened, and he. He let us know about it, especially me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I will say, oh, and this this is something this is something that you'll enjoy too, kind of piggybacking on what you were saying. So one of the one of the guys that came that came out from Texas is a guy that I know you you especially liked after seeing him in Dallas was uh EJ Nadoma Ogar, uh one of our team Nigeria boys, right? That came out from yeah. from Allen. But you know, and he kinda had an up and down day uh, as a twenty nineteen guy, kinda had some nerve uh nerves to shake off in the morning but really you know of, of the guys that i invited from texas he was probably one of the guys that i've talked to the least uh leading up to that event and on that particular day he was the guy that i that i talked to the most throughout the day uh you know and after and after i saw him uh when he came and checked in with media and and you know going back to to your point developing those relationships for us is invaluable but then this is this is where you'll you'll enjoy this so <clears throat> so he picked up an offer from baylor uh, last night and he he dms me uh you know at, at, before he announced it and he says uh i think you just poked the bear hint hint and so of course i told him you know at this point now uh as you know as our history suggests i said only only give me news in riddle form uh because we all appreciate that a lot more well, well so. it's worth noting actually i did notice that you had written a story that said he wanted to hear more from the Texas schools, right? Did it come out earlier that day? Well, I didn't say that specifically, but it, but I just I just thought it was worth noting that he had. I mean, he had you know upwards of fifteen or more offers from you know big time Power Five uh, teams, and none of them were the big. Uh, you know, he has like a Southern Methodist and um, you know some some smaller schools in Texas, but none none of the big four, I guess, as you would you would have him had offered him to that point, and then. Uh, lo and behold, that story comes out, and and he's, I guess he's given me, he's given me a little bit of credit for just like what you said, putting that line in the story. But you know that that's uh you know that kind of got the ball rolling for him and stayed here with the recruiting, I suppose. And he he's got a lot to like as a prospect. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, a well built kid that has a lot of potential. So uh, good move by Baylor getting in on him now after that camp. Yeah, no, Oregon finally offered him this week too, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, because he immediately went out on a on a West Coast swing, went to go visit USC, uh, UCLA, and I think Oregon obviously hooked up with him while he uh, while he was out on that end of the the country as well. So it's been a, you know, it's really it's really been a whirlwind couple of days for him, but very prosperous as far as uh, the recruiting info goes. Well, I had a. Uh... I believe when I took my uh, unofficial visit to Oregon, it was right after that camp. Uh, and uh, a friend of the show, Mario Cristobal, had asked me, "Who is there anybody that you had never seen before that you liked?" And I said him. So, mm-hmm. uh, hey, get you know, I poked the duck as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> just took a couple months. Man, geez. Well, he's he's really got some thank you cards to be writing the two of us. Then, as it turns out, <laughs> exactly. All right. So anyway. 
if you have any questions about, you know, we'd be more than happy to answer specific questions about the five star challenge. You want to tweet them at us, anything like that. We can we can talk about how uh, I single handedly beat Nick and Rob in basketball. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Coach Brown doesn't listen to this show. So, um, so anyway, hit us up on Twitter or send us an email, rivalspodcast at yahoo.com. Now, we're a week late on this one, probably because we didn't record a show last week because we didn't want to get distracted uh, at the at said five star challenge. Uh, Bob Stoops, longtime Oklahoma coach and one time guest on this podcast, if you remember right, Nick. Um, <laughs> where I believe Rob asked him if he was going to retire, and he said no, didn't he? Uh, I'm going to have to go go back into the <laughs> archives. <laughs> to go to the archives. It shows you how close Nick pays attention to producing. <laughs> said content. Um, so anyway, he retires, shocks the world. I was actually at a satellite camp when he announced, uh, which was crazy because, uh, I mean, all of a sudden all these coaches' phones blow up and everyone was buzzing about it. Is it real? What happened? What Did something happen? You know, it, it was really interesting. So from a recruiting perspective, we heard a lot of kids talk about it this week and say that, you know, it, it honestly, it doesn't affect them a lot, especially because Lincoln Riley's already there. Um, and that's who they know. But what was it take, Nick? I know you deal with a lot of kids who, who are who are dealing with Oklahoma, obviously. Uh, first of all, how surprised you were, and do you think it's going to have any type of impact on their class? Well, you know, I mean, the early, the early returns right now are actually <laughs> – been been very positive for Oklahoma I think I mean I we you know look at looking at the the uh the mindset of Texas fans they all thought that uh with Stoop stepping down uh keeping Ron Tatum in their class was going to be a lock and you know as a as a highly ranked prospect coming out of Oklahoma and then he actually flipped from Texas to Oklahoma post Stoop's news so so that was that was probably the biggest upside out of out of all of this. I mean, mo- most of the kids, like you said, uh, that I've talked to about about the situation in Oklahoma, really didn't have um, you know much to say as far as this affecting their opinion of the school. And I think, like you said, a lot of people are familiar with with uh, Coach Riley and and like what he brings to the table as well. You know, one of the other guys that I thought might be might be interesting to watch down the road in my state is Starlin Baldwin, a guy that we just made a four star cornerback. You know. Oklahoma was his first real big offer, and uh, he committed, you know, a few, a few weeks ago. But and he's and he's since uh, posted some some pro Oklahoma tweets. But he also picked up an Oregon offer recently as well, you know. And I, I think I think it's still going to be worth watching to see if anything, you know, changes with him down the stretch. But uh, but yeah, I mean, right now the the early the early prospects for Oklahoma's class doesn't you know it doesn't really seem like uh, catastrophe is stricken, does it? No, no. I mean, I'm, that's what's interesting about the timing. Honestly, I think if this would have obviously happened before signing day, it would have been a disaster because there would have been a lot of kids maybe changing their mind. But even now, even if a kid were to change his mind, you've got time to win him over. Um, so I, I know when Stoops said it was, it was really relatable when he when he announced that he was leaving. He said, "There's no good time. This never stops. We go from the season to recruiting to now doing to uh, signing day, and now we're in uh, camp season and all that stuff." And I was like, "Man, tell me about it, Bob. You're preaching to the <laughs> choir with my life." <laughs> um, so so I really understood where he was coming from on that one. And you know, I, I, dating back to our boy Austin Kendall. Uh, he was the first one who ever really told me, you know, that he, that, that Lincoln Riley was a guy that, 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 uh, had a special bond with him. 
And since then, I've noticed a lot of the kids mention him as a guy. So he's a great recruiter. I think he steps right into the head coaching role. Uh, now, on the field success, I don't know. I mean, it's it's who knows what could happen. Obviously, Stoops was a great coach, one of the best coaches that's been around in our uh, lifetimes, I would say, top 10. So it's hard to say how that's going to play out on the field. But from a recruiting standpoint, I don't, I don't think they really miss a beat. And like you said, they already flipped Tatum. Um, if, if anything – Assuming they they do well this season, I think you know all of a sudden Oklahoma can say, "Hey, we're going to be here for the long haul." I'm younger than Woody, you know, uh, and I'm the head coach. I'm making so, millions of dollars. Do we? Do we? So is the is the expectation that he's going to stay retired then? Because I know you know there were some there were some murmurs and some jokes uh, between some of the people that we had in the in the media room with us about what the future might hold for him. But you know, I mean, he. You know, every every time I've I've seen him, listened to him, dealt with him, he's never really, you know, he's never really put out an aura of a guy that was close to being done with things, even even with uh, you know some miscellaneous health things here and there. What I mean, what do you, do you think the future still holds coaching for him? Yeah, I think I think uh, personally, I think he's done. I think he's going to go be on TV. He's got a great personality. Um, I just you know I, I had heard another podcast. Uh, where they talked about how his dad died when he, when he was, I think, 54. And I think Stoops is like 56. And his oh. dad actually died while, you know, had a heart attack in the middle of like a high school football game that he was coaching. Oh, my. So, so if, you know, I, I personally think Bob may, might be looking at that and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the bonus time now. <laughs> I made it past 54, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, might as well call her and, and just hang out and he could still be involved in football. Obviously his brothers are both coaches, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think he may be done. I think he was in a good situation and for him to retire before this season, when most people think they have a shot to contend for a, for a spot in the playoff, you know, that there was, there were some people speculating he was going to take the, the old miss job when Hugh freeze gets fired or whatever. I, I think, I think he's probably going to chill out and, work on tv and make a lot of money without a lot of that stress uh and these coaches get tired of recruiting man there's a reason there's a reason when guys go to the nfl they say oh man it's so great i don't have to recruit anymore right yeah <laughs> uh, which is uh which is our everyday life so best of luck bob stoops i personally think lincoln riley's going to be a great fit I, I was surprised he didn't get a head coaching job this offseason and now we know why i mean they might have essentially made him the head coach in waiting uh without announcing it uh, to everyone publicly so yeah, we'll be yeah. following that one. Now, mm. it's satellite camp season. I'm going to Southern University tonight in Baton Rouge to go to a satellite camp, um, which wasn't my original plan, but surprisingly, a seven-on-seven event uh, got moved around <laughs> after they told me to book my travel. So uh, so I'll be uh, making lemons out of lemonade and going to that event tonight. But one man who had been you know, vehemently against satellite camps last offseason, Nick Saban, Alabama's head coach, all of a sudden showed up at satellite camps last week at USF and FIU. And some people think this is in uh, retaliation to FAU having Urban Meyer uh, come down there. You know, uh, Lane Kiffin invited him down to, to come to their satellite camp. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't really go to satellite camps last year, did you? Uh, I went yeah, – well, I went to a couple. Well, Not- so- I wanted to talk about like the difference because um, I mean I know I came on here and ripped them last year. The biggest difference for me seems to be them obviously making them school controlled, 
and letting the coaches talk to the prospects. I mean, I went to the one on uh, last Wednesday, which, by the way, my nose is peeling for a second time from the sunburn. Uh, cloudy day. So how about that? Um, so I went to that one, and there were tw- they were all Adidas affiliated schools there. It was at Mercer, and I mean, when the camp ended, it was crazy to see like all the prospects and coaches be able to just interact with one another. Offers were going out. You know, numbers were being exchanged, things of that nature. And last year, I believe there were rules. Guys couldn't talk to certain guys. or They could only talk during the camp while it was coaching. And so I think the way they had it set up now and the way it's sort of a little more controlled. Now, obviously, you got the the bad end of it by not being allowed to attend a camp. They told you you (laughs) would be allowed to attend at Texas A&M. But I think... Actually, these rule changes are for the better. There's there's less of them. Prospects aren't going to get suckered into going to a camp with 50 schools on the flyer, and then the schools don't really send a person. Um, it seems to be regulated a little more, and I actually think it's working out well. So maybe that's why Saban changed his tune and, and turned up uh, down in South Florida. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, even the you know, even though I didn't really get a, a good look at what was going on at the camp at Texas A and M. Um, you know that that was that, that was really kind of what you were just saying in a, in a nutshell. I mean, having you know having entire coaching staffs from all those Adidas uh, sponsored schools, you know, being in attendance and being able to deal with the kids in, in the format that they were dealing with, as opposed to you know what the what the first kind of uh, satellite camps have been, where it's just been twenty thirty schools, and you know, and, and it's not even like. Uh, you know, in, in most cases, it's it's two or three uh, power five schools on the flyer, and then the rest are going to be a bunch of, uh, you know, lower level division two schools even, you know, and and uh, then you just end up having 800 kids there and you only get four reps. And, you know, did you actually catch somebody's eye is, is in question. But, you know, the ones the ones to uh, the ones that we had been with uh, at that that have been hand in hand with with what Adidas has been trying to do uh with their with their college teams have been you know much more uh fruitful process for both coaches and players alike I'd say and I think you know that's that's sort of what the intention has has always been with these things not uh you know from a from a from a player personnel sort of standpoint not not a financial <laughs> gain sort of standpoint right yeah yeah and I think honestly though if I could change one thing it would probably be limiting the number of participants i mean that's one thing that i like about our camps is we keep them at 200 it's a lot easier to get an honest evaluation mm-hmm. um it was a little hectic i would say at the at the camp at mercer because you had so many players there especially during one-on-ones uh, so that made it kind of tough for me to to see or make sense one way or another um but i but i like but i you know i'm coming around i'm converted I'm converted a little bit. I like the I like the better setup. I still think it's tough because it's kind of a cattle call, but you know, a lot of times you get You're not always going to get good rosters, you know. Right, right. That's that stuff is still never going to ha- or still not happening, but at least we know, you know, going into it that okay, it's not going to be total chaos. I mean, I'd like to see them issue a uniform policy for the media now. I mean, you made it for the I mean, how can I go to one place, be handed a roster, roster and stand in the middle of the field and another one you can't even sit in the stands, you know, right. like and then them claim it's a rule. That's that's what makes me mad is one school claims it's a rule and another school will tell you, no, it's not a rule. So it's like, can we get everyone on the same page here? 
I'm surprised you haven't uh, highlighted and flagged the the portion of the NCAA rulebook that says whether or not it is. <laughs> well, believe me, you know, I had an incident a couple of years ago where I had to remind a, a a woman who worked for the NCAA that we're that we're classified as a scouting service, not a media outlet. So the rules of media do not apply to us based on uh. her own organization's classification. And she didn't. She didn't like that argument. Didn't like that, huh? Said, <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then I said, and I said, number two, if I am a journalist, this is a public event at a state-funded university, and you can't tell, keep me from being here because it's a violation of the First Amendment. <laughs> she didn't like that either. So, uh, she was damned if you do, damned if you don't, when you deal with old Wood Dog out on the. Uh, <laughs> On the, on the football field, it'd be like a Dave Dorsey esque arrest situation. Blast <laughs> hey. uh, from the past, fourth and Dunbar. Available in bookstores now. Now, only only fine online paperback retailers, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a little inside humor for a Southwest Florida audience. So anyway, the, the satellite camps are working out well, at least for some schools. Now, I was here, as I said, I'm here in Louisiana. I'm trying to make the most of this trip with uh, constantly changing schedules. One event that was supposed to happen last night uh, was Texas having a satellite camp here in the New Orleans area at night. And uh, I'm trying to find out who it was in conjunction with. But uh, anyway, it got it got uh, mixed somehow, and people are blaming it on LSU. Uh, our, our boy Pete Thamel at Sports Illustrated, his his story reads, Texas has been scheduled in three satellite camps in Louisiana. LSU has managed to block all three. And he's got an article here about uh, – How does that what, – what does that mean, block all three? Um, so this one was supposed to be in Ham uh, – let's see. This one was supposed to be – Oh, my God. Uh, oh, whoa. And Bell <laughs> – it was a pop-up ad. Could you hear that? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, how about a pop-up ad that's really loud like that? Come on. Jeez, uh, guys. When you're wearing headphones, forget about it. Yeah. So anyway, um, LSU, this was supposed to be in Hammond, Louisiana, home of a member of our team, uh, Trey Palmer, four-star wide receiver in the class of 2019. Um uh, let's see. So it's supposed to be on Thursday. By late Tuesday evening, Bellhaven head coach Hal Mume, mummy maybe, said political pressure from LSU ultimately led to the camp being canceled. <laughs> it says political pressure on a local high school coach threatened a stadium agreement. But what is that? Oh, but yeah, the stadium agreement for that specific camp. Like what? Like what does political pressure actually amount to when you're talking about? Uh, when you're talking about them them keeping Texas out like that, I don't know. What's what's what appears to be happening is um, people behind the scenes. I think it's political officials are pushing. Now I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now that like, I mean, come on, LSU. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. That you think Texas having a satellite camp at some D Division three school is going to really impact you that much? And now, so so the school had to cancel the camp, and now they have to pay uh, five thousand dollars, which is pretty interesting. To who? Back to Texas? Not for like the, the, or to LSU? No, for the fields they they oh. reserved, they the stadiums they had rented to have these events. Um, you know, this uh, you know. 
here's what here's what our boy Mike Roach, head coach at Madison Prep in Baton Rouge, said. Man, they have a pretty good team there. A lot of prospects come out of there. Yeah. He said, We're in LSU's backyard. Louisiana home cooking may have played a part in it. So <laughs> uh Roach, who initially tried to help facilitate the camp, declined to go into details on what LSU may have done to attempt to prevent the camp from being held. So um, very mysterioso. Yeah, so I'm gonna ask some <laughs> tough questions when I'm out there tonight. Uh <laughs> And hopefully our, our coaches from uh, Texas A&M and uh, TCU are scheduled to be at the event I'm going to tonight in Baton Rouge. So let me tell you something. No offense yeah. to Texas. Okay. TCU is stealing more players out of here than Texas is at this rate. And they're held in the camp in Baton Rouge uh, tomorrow or tonight. So Yeah, interesting. I mean, what, what the French toast? I mean, that, I, I guess yeah. – you know, I I just got to say, I guess, I guess the the people out in in Louisiana cared about Caden Stearns a little bit more than Justin Rogers, <laughs> and that's that's all it comes down to. <laughs> well, I think it's stupid. Flat out. I I come from the school of you know if you know it's kind of like dating. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to be a super jealous every time your girlfriend tries to talk to somebody, you're going to scare her off. You know what I mean? So it's like be confident enough in your own abilities, LSU, to recruit that you don't need to, you know, have political officials go behind the scenes to to make power moves to to cut these camps off. Especially when kids have already, you, you and I both know how tight these schedules are for these kids at this time of year. They're going to camps every single day, traveling all over the country, right? Uh, and now someone who planned on going to this camp in Louisiana because Texas was there might have not gone in camp at Southern Miss or some place else. Uh, you know, so I, I'm not a fan, you know, stop being so paranoid, LSU, as I say. Poor form, poor yeah, form. Yeah, exactly. You know, I have to go to LSU next week, so I'm sure I'll, I'll receive a hero's welcome. Um, but anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving, <laughs> moving on, uh, Tennessee, boy, they keep on rolling. They got three more commits this week, uh, starting with uh, four-star DeAndre Littaker. I guess he was the last one in, but he's the biggest one, so he's the one we're going to talk about. Um He's a guy that, that we've seen a lot of different times uh, at, at several events. He tore his ACL last year, the first play of the season. Talk about a bad break. And then, he, of course, he had some personal tragedy uh, this offseason. His mother died in a car accident. Um, and so he had initially been, been set on leaving the state, and he decides to stay cl- close to home now uh, because he wants to be closer to his family. I totally understand that. But now we look at Tennessee's class. You know, it's it's a lot of good players in there, especially from in-state. And, and this kind of reminds me of 2014 when they essentially built the team they have now based on in-state players. I mean, Michael Bar- – you know, not Michael Barnett. Derek Barnett. Right. Who's, who's Michael Barnett? Never heard of him. Uh, sad. <laughs> uh, Derek Barnett, an in-state kid. Probably ranked in the same range, if I were to, to guess. I mean, I'm not comparing Lidicker to him. We underranked Barnett. Obviously, he should have been a five-star. But, you know, the Josh Malones of the world, uh, there were a lot of four-stars from that, from that class that, that came out of there. And I think, you know, if you're a Tennessee fan, you, you can only help but make comparisons. Now, I heard some people talking, you know, it's Butch Jones on the hot seat. They need to win this number of games, uh, et cetera. I personally... You know, I think they'd have to have a pretty bad season for him to get fired. But I mean, you date, you go back to that year in uh, that I was mentioning. This time, Jalen Hurd was a five star. Or you overrated him, huh, Nick? Jeez. Uh, 
Josh, <laughs> Josh Malone, uh, four-star from in the state. Uh, Vic Wharton, who is now uh, at Cal but is having a, a, a quality college career. Todd Kelly, who's been a three-year starter for them, uh, also from in the state. Rashawn Galden, who's one of their key players now. Derek Barnett, as mentioned, who's a, who's a four-star. Um, I forgot about our boy Dwayne Hendricks from O'Fallon. Jeez, whatever mm-hmm. happened to him? Uh, uh, Michael Sawyers, who also had some off-the-field troubles, but he was another in-state four-star. So a lot, a lot of talent in that class when you look at it. I'm going to look up Hendricks and see what happened to him now that we're, we're talking. But, I, you know, I think Lidecker's a, the big move. The big one they're watching is Greg Emerson. He's a... Rivals 100 guy. I think he's around a 50 range. Um, and he's someone we've had in our camps before and he's done very well. He's being pursued by Alabama. He's being pursued by Ole Miss, Ohio State. So if they can hold off those schools to land him and all of a sudden you you look at your group and you say, look, we got, you know, Cade Mays, who was a five-star, Alante Taylor, four-star, Brant Lawless, four-star, Brandon Harris, four-star, Lytica, four-star. I mean, those are all guys in state, and that I think you know. Last year, we we saw guys like Jacoby Stevens and Jacob Phillips head down to LSU, and and Tennessee fans, you know, were really mad about missing out on those guys. I think they're rolling in the right direction, and I think if they can have a big year on the field, maybe they can sort of, uh, you know, add to that with some big guys out of state. I know they're always trying to recruit nationally as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I you know I've, I've we, we've talked we've talked several times on this show about the. Uh, the trials and tribulations that they've had kind of successfully recruiting in state. So for them to kind of turn a corner here and then hopefully put, put a, put a good season together in the fall here so they can kind of continue building off that. I mean, I, I know that's something the volunteers fans are definitely going to want to see. Okay. Okay. So just an update on a, sto- uh, an, a commitment issue storylines update on uh, Dwayne Hendricks. So he transferred from uh, Tennessee to Pitt, which there seems to be a, there seems to be a pipeline there. Um, uh, he uh, sat out in 2015, won the starting job in 2016, and and, and suffered a season-ending injury on the third series against Villanova in the first game of the year and was out for the season. That's a tough oh, one, huh? Jeez. Um, his little bio was a coveted defensive end prospect at O'Fallon Township, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of our favorite high schools. They're all coveted prospects over at that high school. That's yeah. Um, all right, so great job, Tennessee. Uh, well, I wanted to say, I wanted to say, if I could, uh, may, maybe not quite the, um, you know, the level of fanfare, uh, but I think it, it bears mentioning here. Houston going on a little run this week of picking up commitments since Sunday. They've had hold on one, two, three, four, five, six commitments since Sunday come in, and uh, including one today from Logan Hall, who's a guy that I saw earlier this spring. So. You know, I, I was wondering, you know, we don't have to talk about this a whole lot and I get or get into very many specifics, but I was kind of wondering what when the wheels would sort of start turning the right way for Houston on the recruiting trail. You know, they certainly, you know, kind of took their time getting back into uh, finding some success after, you know, after switching over uh, to coach Applewhite and kind of getting his staff figured out. But it seems now that they've now they've kind of got some some footing underneath themselves. They've really kind of hit their stride recruiting a little bit. And, you know, I think it'll sort of be a modest class, uh, you know, going forward. I mean, they're kind of picking up the guys that you would expect after, you know, the sort of the situation they were left in with Herman uh, leaving. But, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's good that they're showing some signs of life here uh, in state. All every, every player in their class right now in state from Texas as well. Yeah, once they're ranked 38 in the team rankings, which is pretty good. And once you rank these two players, uh, 
<laughs> you bum. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. I, I haven't been out to Mart, Texas, uh, yeah. quite yet <laughs> to see our boys at Mark Curvin. But Mark Curvin, Swerving Curvin. Curvin. That's what they call him. I hear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, good job by Houston as well, as our president would say. Um, <laughs> as they continue to to build, like you said, you know they got to take chances on different guys. They actually offered someone in Tennessee, uh, Trey Lowe, quarterback, which I thought was an interesting offer for them. I think he'd be a good fit there as well. So that that was kind of that kind of caught my eye. So uh, moving on, I think that wraps that up. Now it's time for this week's tweet of the week. Yes, that looks like a clown. Hey, did you figure out? Does it hold the sounds in every week, or do you got to load them in? Every yeah, week? no, it, hold, it holds them in every week. That's why I haven't. Uh, I actually when when we came when we came out of the intro, I hit the X to stop the intro music, and it deleted it off the soundboard. So I've got to re-add that. Us, what this situation? Right. So Nick had a tweet that he liked that included a visual element. The kid ended up deleting it. So sad. Sad. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got a couple here, um, which I just of course closed the one. Um, but we'll start with, you know, an NBA Finals related. I'm sure you saw this a lot on your feed as well. A lot mm. of kids, not fans of Kevin Durant, uh, which yeah. is, you know, they don't like they don't like him taking an easy way out. Uh, and our boy, uh, this is a recruit. I don't know who it is, though, because this is probably why he doesn't have very many offers, given that you can't even tell what his name is. Um, oh, no, he's, at, he's a, he plays for Georgia State. So his, his handle is I'm the man underscore four. And he says, how are y'all mad at KD when y'all transferred high schools to get recruited? <laughs> with, the, with the little thinking emoji and then the face smack one. So uh, 20,000 retweets and 35,000 favorites. How's that for a tweet? Oh, man, <laughs> that, that's pretty, that, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good find on that one. Yeah, so that was a good tweet by him. And then our boy Lee Graham, who's from Florida, I think he's a three-star wide receiver. Real character. He's got a real funny haircut, has gold teeth and everything. He says, uh, he says, end of the season, I'll be a high 4-3 or low 4-4 guy. And then he puts the little puff of smoke in his shoe, which I've never seen that used. And then he says, note it. And note it. Uh, our boy, <laughs> our boy at Blase Blase 33 says, <laughs> says who's, who's, in, who's in this segment just strictly for his Twitter handle. <laughs> says, he says, but what that GPA going to be? Uh, with the 100 emoji and the glasses emoji. They, <laughs> and our boy Lee Graham says, higher than a 2.5. Wow. So, you know, he's shooting for the stars on all aspects. Hey, listen, if you're telling me he can run a, a 4.340 and a 2.5 uh, GPA, then those those numbers add up. <laughs> so, <laughs> <He's in. laughs> yeah, so, big shout out to all those two guys for uh, our tweets of the week. Yes. So now it's time. We're going to move right on. We're rolling. I haven't even checked the, the timestamp, but we're going to move on to uh, rants and recommendations. Uh, oh wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm still I'm still running on a few of the stocks. <laughs> Charge! Okay, I've got two. I've got two on my sheet for rants. You have anything? Um. Uh, well, I was wondering if you didn't have anything. If we might, you know, if we might talk a little finals, but. Uh, but let, let's start with what you got. Maybe something will hit me. Okay, so I've talked to you about this. I, mean, I can't believe I've never mentioned this on the show. But of course, uh, this this morning, I go down. I'm at this hotel. I don't go down. Yeah, I go to the executive lounge, I should say, to have some breakfast. <laughs> right. 
And, uh, you know, it's it's a sad state of affairs with the disgusting vat of eggs that have been sitting out for 10 hours, which I never want to eat. Uh, yeah. no, no bacon, but you would have been fine because you would have made a patented Nick Kruger sandwich out of the sausage patty and the eggs and a little cheese and, and an English yeah. muffin. But for me, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I decided to make some, so I decided to make some, you know, toast. I'm going to have cereal and toast. Mm. And I grabbed the butter. And of course, they always have these little things of butter. And I'll be damned if that thing is not frozen solid. <laughs> Every single time I try to use a butter packet at a hotel, it's frozen. Well, you know the pro- the the problem with that is, is is it's always it's always one or the other. It's either frozen or like they'll bring them to you, you know, at a restaurant for under various circumstances, and it'll be like so melty and the <laughs> packaging, like you know. Like it, it's real hard to deal with that way too. Yeah, there's never there's never a fine middle ground for the uh, for the butter pads. Well, and you know, then I'm sitting there like, how can I possibly heat this up in time? And I tried putting it in the microwave. Oh man! Um, now it wasn't a it wasn't all wrapped in foil. It was in a little cup you peel off the top, but that yeah. didn't work either. Next thing you know, I'm trying to spread it and I'm ripping through the bread. And well, I talk about a bad way to start your day. This has happened to me years this is a multi-year problem why would you ever put the butter in the freezer have you ever at your house be like hmm, i need to put some butter in the freezer no you put it in the fridge well you know a funny thing about butter is you could just leave it out it, it it never it never melts unless prompted by by heat right so like if you're just leaving things at normal room temperature butter doesn't even have to go in the fridge for crying out loud right and then you don't have that problem right exactly you know i oftentimes uh when i'm in greece you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of taken aback by nobody puts anything in the fridge. <laughs> they eat the, like leftovers. They'll just like put it in the oven. Then we'll like eat it the next day. You know what right. I'm saying? Never frozen like Wendy's, you know? Right. It doesn't go bad. The, the food doesn't go bad. I don't get sick. Nobody gets sick. Just put the, either put it in the fridge or like you said, Nick, it doesn't need to be stored. Spoiler alert. It can be kept out just like you're setting it out right now. So take care of that. Number one. Number two. You know, I've been pleasantly surprised lately with the recent uh, snack options on these flights we take as uh, Delta Airlines is updated to uh, Snyder's pretzels. Yeah, you know, they got a little buttery taste to them. They're very nice brand. So I've been enjoying getting those. You know, obviously, I try to stay away from the uh, Biscoff cookies as good as they are. I try to avoid uh, eating those when I'm on the plane. So I've been having the pretzels. And, you know... So, so this last flight here, I'm on Delta, and she said, oh, pretzels or cookie? I said, you know, I'll take the pretzels. And he hands me a bag of pretzels, and they weren't Snyder's, which, in my opinion, is the best pretzel band. Uh, so that's a recommendation for you. Go buy some Snyder's pretzels. Um, better than Roll Gold, even. Mm. And, and I, he hands me this bag, and it's clearly not a Snyder's. And I said, huh, I wonder if they ran out or whatever. Because before you, remember, they would just use the Delta packaged ones? Yeah. Uh, but this was a brown one. And I tasted them. I said, man, these, why do these taste funny? What's going on here? <laughs> I, think, I think I know where this is. <laughs> but, what is where, but, you know, my palate is, is honed in. Um, and lo and behold, the pretzels are gluten-free. Uh, and I'm like, what, what is going on here? So this is a classic. That's actually an unexpected twist. I thought you were going to tell me you found the expiration date and they had expired years ago. No, I mean, the the problem is we are now catering to such a tiny percentage of the 
guess what? If you're gluten free, you don't get any pretzels. Okay, bring bring a bring a whatever it is that you eat. Because I mean, I read an article recently that said most people who think they're who think uh, you know they have celiac disease or whatever are wrong. So you know, I've been misdiagnosed. So we're going through here now. We got rid of peanuts because of imaginary peanut allergies that didn't exist 25 years ago. And now, you know, guess what? This is a Carl Bleich situation. <laughs> former friend of the podcast, former friend of the podcast, Carl Bleich insisted he was allergic to wheat. And then I went with him one time. He's like, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. I'm allergic to wheat. And one time we go to Pita Pit and he gets a pita and he's eating it. And I go, Carl, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, that's, I said that's wheat. And he goes, no, no, it's like you know, it's pita, right? It's unleavened. Or I'm like, no. So then, I tested him. A lot of people, I took a lot of flack for this. I secretly fed him wheat. Oh my gosh! To see what would happen, and guess what? What? <laughs> Nothing happened. He wasn't allergic to wheat. Take that, I, Carl. How did you secretly feed him? I bought whole wheat tortillas and made tacos. <laughs> and he didn't, what, so what was your what was your strategy if uh, he started like convulsing and well, throat closed I up? I had to take him to the hospital. I didn't really. I was so <laughs> I was so confident. <laughs> How many times have you potentially like just you know maybe killed me <laughs> when I didn't know about it? Well, it's, I'm telling you, it's a placebo effect. You're not allergic to wheat, Carl. Yeah, but who wants to? But who wants to be allergic to any of those things? You talk yourself into being allergic to that stuff. You know, I, I would love to talk myself into being allergic to foods that I shouldn't be eating. But you know, nuts, wheat. You know, that some good foods come in that form. Yeah. Well, guess uh, what? That's not, the whole thing. Is it's not my problem. If 99 percent of the world is not allergic to gluten, you got to find your own way. We don't all have to eat disgusting gluten-free pretzels on account of you. This is just like. The whole vegetarian stance of, okay, let's get let's get okay. We got to order we got to order three pizzas for everyone. Let's order one pepperoni, one cheese, and one veggie. And then the pepperoni's gone, the cheese is gone, and the person who's a vegetarian had one slice of the veggie pizza. You know, it's it's, it's insanity. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know this maybe this is a one time deal, but uh, you know I may have to. As Greg Ladke said over the weekend, which I don't know if you heard, is he wrote a letter to an airport based oh, on yeah. him pulling a restaurant out. I will write a letter uh, to Delta if they continue the, this gluten-free pretzel Jeez. situation. So, well, you know, say say what you want to about the snack, the you know your snack experience on this most recent flight. I do. I one thing I do miss about Delta is their like box food in flight options. Yes, uh, you know. That I've been known to expense a time or two, you know, on, on, long, on long flights. What, like some uh, cheese or whatever they got in there? Yeah, you know, you know, the protein box or whatever. You know, you get a little, a bunch of different little things. They don't uh, sell those anymore. Well, I don't. I never fly Delta anymore because I'm, you know, uh, out, out yeah. in the pasture. That's right. So. You're, you're taking like you're jumping on. You're like standing on the wings of planes and whatnot to get from, <laughs> from <laughs> hopping in with chickens in the cargo area. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, anyway, I like Delta for the most part, but, you know, we can't have uh, these gluten-free pretzels. And sorry, yeah. gluten-free pretzel company. What a deal. Imagine when they closed that deal, how happy they were. Because, you know, nobody buys gluten-free food anyway. <laughs> you know, Whole Foods might have something something to say to you about yeah. the product they're able to move. But anyway. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to a bunch of phone, a bunch of car, the Carl Blikes of the world, imaginary, <laughs> imagining. Hypochondriacs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A Munchausen <laughs> situation, as I believe in. And um, a whole season of The Real Housewives of Something was dedicated to Munchausen syndrome, <laughs> where you make up sicknesses for yourself. So look into that uh, while you're at it. That's another recommendation. Real Housewives <laughs> of Something. <laughs> All right, then. Okay. No any well, we finals could... talk? What did you want to talk about the finals? No, I just kind of yeah. I I didn't actually even get to watch the the last game. Maybe I, oh you know we we have a we have a, a friend that we that we made here in town that's that's leaving pretty soon. So we were at a going away party. I didn't actually get to watch the the Warriors win the championship. But I just thought you know just general talk about uh you know how we felt about Kevin Durant or you know well, any hot I, takes that you may or may not have well, left we all, over. We all know that I'm not a fan of Kevin Durant. Regardless, well, I mean, he played really well in the series, but uh, you know I'm, I'm you know needless to say. Yeah, I, I, I t- Dave Barry, uh, uh, our, another videographer for Rob. Well, here, you know, here's here, I guess here's what I'll say. If I was a, if you know, and I haven't done any research before making this statement that I'm about to make right now, per usual, but uh, you know, I, I feel like the Warriors have kind of had their share of, uh, you know, lean years and hard times, and so like if you were a long time Warriors fan, you know, going back decades, we'll say, you know, if you if you've put in your time. You know, because this is how it's going to be, you know, when, you know, God love them, the Jacksonville Jaguars finally roll around and I'll have had two decades under my belt of suffering, you know, for them to pull it all together. I don't care if it's a super team or not. If you've been waiting that long, you know, for, for things to kind of roll your direction, you know, how how mad could you be, you know? <laughs> well, had they not already won a title two years ago, I may, I may be on your side. But I mean, I don't, I don't begrudge them. I just think for me, it would be hard to it would be hard to come around that easily to now I love this person, but I, I basically hate every player in the NBA. I, for some reason, cause I'm a lunatic. Um, that's fair enough. So it's, 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 that's on me. Um, you know, I like my team and then I, I really dislike other teams. I mean, I, I rooted happily for LeBron. I wanted them to win. Uh, I personally think had they not blown that game in game two, we'd still be watching the series. It'd be a lot of fun. It would have been fun for everybody, but you know, you know, I don't know what the answer is for Cleveland. You, you're you're not a big fan of uh, you're not a big fan of a lot of these these old guys. Uh, you know, these old guys they got on the roster, but I think they need to move them. Here, here's my solution. Okay. If you're Cleveland, you need to go to the Knicks and say, "Look, you can have." I mean, I might even trade. I might even trade Tristan Thompson and a couple of the other guys for Carmelo straight across because they want to get rid of Carmelo. Or I just have Carmelo force his way out, take a buyout, and come play for Cleveland. Boy, if he did that and they were able to turn Love into uh, Paul George perhaps, you know, maybe maybe we feel very differently about him, huh? Yeah, and I still think – I think Kevin Love played really well in the playoffs. He had a bad last game. Um, he got in foul trouble early and kind of threw out a rhythm. But, you know, a lot of people say me and Kevin Love have a similar style of play. So <laughs> <laughs> both be from Oregon and uh, – All right. Okay, let's – <laughs> That wraps it up. We'll be back next week. Bye.